If you've ever seen or been part of setting up a major live event production that requires significant sound reinforcements, you'll know what my next guest means by working in the chaos. His company is changing that industry with significant innovations. Sit back, settle in, crank it loud. Welcome to Shift. Today, we have James Oliver, Chief Strategy Officer with PK Sound. How you doing, James? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Thanks for joining us. So why don't we start right, uh, right at the very beginning, so to speak, and help our listeners understand what it is PK Sound does. So PK Sound's a loudspeaker manufacturer in the concert, touring, live performance environment. So if you go to a big concert, you'll see two strings of PAs. They're commonly referred to as a line array, hanging on both stage left and stage right. And those two long strings, they're mobile. They're easy to move around because they, they come apart. They're modular, and you can scale them up and down for large-scale live events. And we're the manufacturers of those products. Okay, so now tell me what, what makes PK Sounds uh, line array a robotic line array? Because that's how you guys refer to it as, right? Yeah, so typical line source systems, they'll use mechanical links. And you'll see them hanging stage left and right, and they'll have a nice curvature to the system. And that allows you to direct the sound in the vertical plane nice and evenly across the uh, given listen area. Okay. The, where PK sets itself apart, I think, is we push technology to the next level to include robotic actuation systems. So um, rather than using mechanical links and gravity to make that nice, clean line, mm -hmm. we use robotic actuation systems. And that means in the vertical plane, we can change the angle of the PA to 0.1 degrees of resolution. And that's exciting because we can do it from a remote location out of the way from production and while it's happening on the stage. But what's really interesting is we also have the ability to control the horizontal plane. Okay. And we're the only okay. system on the planet that can do use robotic actuators to control the sound directivity in a horizontal plane. The easiest way to think about this is a lampshade, right, mm -hmm. on, a, on a light okay. source. If you put a narrow lampshade, it's going to give you a narrow beam. And if you widen it, it's going to give you a wide beam. Well, we do the same thing with loudspeakers. We just change the waveguide direction to shape the contour of the listening environment. Oh, okay. So vertically, the the mm -hmm. the the array is going up, up, down, left and right, stage yeah. left and right. So you're controlling all speakers can be controlled that vertical. So you're hitting the front of the audience all the way to the back. And what you guys exactly. are doing differently is having that horizontal left right. So as you're describing it, that contour of the cone that's exactly right but we do both vertical and horizontal using robotic actuator we have a patent on it we're the only ones who do it in the world so you go back where it's safe away from the production environment uh -huh. and you can use your computer or a tablet to change the angle of the system in the vertical and horizontal dispersion oh i'm okay so then what what's currently happening so before pk introduced the robotic line array once these pa speakers were hung you're kind That's of it. at the mercy of 
of, of there's never been what you see there's is what never, you get. You got it. There's never been a gig where someone put up one of the current generation of PAs and it was pointed exactly how they expected. You know, they they sort of make do with what they get. And often you'll get a show where there's a system, you know, and you're like, man, the PA sucked tonight. It sounded terrible in that room. Right. Why is it? And it's just because where you point a speaker is where the music goes, ultimately. Mm -hmm. And if you have that ability to really fine-tune the direction of the speaker in the vertical and horizontal plane, that's when you get the absolute best results. And PK does it like no one and no other loudspeaker that's ever been brought to the market. Well, yeah, it's, uh, if you have that uh, X and that ability to shift in the X Y axis, that's that's pretty significant. Um, so when you talk about being able to generate those focused frequencies of sound in the direction you want them to go, you're always still going to have that kind of that bleed off the side, right? Like if I'm out of the access, I'm still going to hear it, but it's going to, it's not optimized obviously. And that's like any speaker. There's a significant drop off, um, be it when you're off access, minimum of three DB, just walking off access. So the end result is that is both the reduction in the sound generated from the source, but also the reflective surface. Okay. So we all know sound sort of bounces wherever off concrete walls, yeah. chairs, your forehead, whatever it is. It's not a you know a static thing. It's dynamic. It jumps around the room. And the more more reflection we can eliminate, the better we can make the intended source sound. Okay. So then, when you guys are setting up in a in a in a venue, are you working with well, obviously, you're working with the sound engineers and all of that, but the people who are designing the venue for a particular gig, you know, like put dampening walls here and you're going to want to eliminate. Are you? Is it like a holistic approach? Yeah, in the mobile environment, we're very closely connected to our partner group, right? So we have some major touring acts using the product um, and we often worked in collaboration, but the majority of the people that use the loudspeakers become the experts themselves. Mm-hmm. And they use the tools that we provide for them, which are were very unique in order to get the best results on any given night. In the touring world, it's always different. Things are always in a different spot than you expect. Right. So we simulate the desired results we get in. And in traditional systems, you just live with that result. With our systems, you can take a, a, a touch screen and you can manipulate that directivity to get the absolute best result, regardless of where you end up. So you're tweaking for maximum uh, positive impact for the concert goer. Absolutely. And now tell me a little bit about ec- external to the venue. Uh, we've all heard mm-hmm. stories of, you know, concerts being... we arguably we've all been to uh, concerts that have been very loud and uh, enjoyable, but outside the venue, it can sometimes be an issue, especially with those, you know, some of those creeping uh, uh, bass tones. Is there a way that you guys address that as well? Absolutely. So, I mean, PK probably has the best solution for that using its mechanical design um, to direct the sound in the right um, um, area. So you typically would do the mid where the vocal range is to the high frequency, so the hi-hat. Mm-hmm. That's what we're controlling using the waveguides. And the low frequency, what we do is we actually turn a subwoofer backwards, so it's called cardioid. Okay. Um, and that allows us to control the directionality of the low frequency emission. Oh. So it's really a full holistic setup for a festival site. 
But what we've been able to do using our technology is see significant reduction in when you're particularly deploying a festival in an urban center or, you know, in the European market, sound pressure level um, uh, regulations are extremely strict in comparison to the North American department. market. So we end up doing significantly smaller and larger deployments. So there's more hangs in delay towers. And it's it's really a combination of the technology you use Mm -hmm. and the methods you use to uh, reduce the noise pollution to the highest level. So can you tell me, can you quantify that, uh, that savings in terms of noise pollution when like traditional ways versus PKs? Yeah. I mean, even Cardioid settings, our cardioid settings on our subwoofers can reduce low frequency emissions by almost 20 dB. Oh, wow. That's significant. significant. So when we think about sound pressure level, every 6 dB we hear is perceived as a doubling of sound. Yeah, right. So every yeah. time you increase the volume by 6 dB, a human's going to go, well, that's twice as loud. What happened? So we can actually reduce the low frequency emissions with our cardioid settings by 20 dB. Wow. And so you can actually walk to the behind the subwoofers mm-hmm. in the cardioid setting. Have a conversation like we are today mm-hmm. in what is typically the noisiest spot on the stage. And you, you, you're you not shouting. You can actually have a, a regular conversation using the right settings. So you're, yeah. So not only are you optimizing the, uh, the concert goers experience, you're saving ears, James. Honestly, this system is so much more effective at factoring in everybody mm-hmm. in a performance, not just the performers and audience, because our way to contour the listing environment, like how many times have you been at, or trying to order a drink at a bar, right? And the loudspeaker's blasting in your face. And you're like screaming, hey, I'll take a gin and tonic. And the guy can't hear you, right? Mm -hmm. With this system, you can actually take the two boxes at the bottom, angle it off just the bar, and you keep the same experience for the people in the listening environment where it's supposed to be, but you significantly reduce the noise and reflections at the area where there's maybe merchandising happening or drinks being sold, which makes it easier for vendors. It doesn't matter if you're a hot dog vendor mm-hmm. or a concert or, or the rock star, everybody has to have a good experience, right? And if you can actually move the sound off those merchandising booths, you have significant real life Um, potential earnings for those vendors. Yeah, no kidding. That's really cool. Now, you mentioned something when you were talking about the uh, high frequency and the mid-range frequencies. So when you're using the mid and high frequency section of a system, Mm -hmm. which is the vocal range, let's say the hi-hats, that's what you typically refer to sort of in, I guess, just basic terms. But those ones are are going to be controlled by our waveguide system. And it's just like having shape right it's how how fat or wide or if you think of a parkan light you know it yep. has shutters you just pull the shutters and you can change the direction of the light uh, okay. right in the theater we do the same thing with the mid high frequency section of the pa anything 200 hertz and above we have the ability to contour that into a very directive shape mm-hmm. using waveguide section and the technology it's maybe a bit too complex to get into of how that actually happens But while you're talking about anything below 200 hertz, that's where we have to get into more sophisticated deployment methods in order to reduce the noise pollution created below 200 hertz. Oh, okay. Well, well, that's a good uh, good analogy of the lampshade to describe how that waveguide works. Um, what, so now that's front of house speakers, that line array, do you guys also, uh, build monitoring systems or anything for like, uh, for the bands themselves? 
So PK Sound really cut its teeth in the EDM market. So our monitoring systems could almost kill you if you're not careful. Um, they're literally the same product stacked up beside a DJ. They love to feel the bass. Yeah, right. <laughs> they'll put a full system in front of them. Uh, and it's seriously high-powered stuff. I'm sure a lot of them will be deaf in their 30s and 40s because uh, they like to experience what the crowd's experiencing. Sure, yeah. Um, so, but on top, but other than that, we've really narrowed the focus of our product offering. If you're going into this side of the business and you want to build large format line arrays, the cost of a system just to build it's half a million dollars, to buy it's around $1.2 million, okay. just entry level. There's, that's the reason there's four or five competitors on the planet that produce products at this sort of level, right? So we've narrowed the focus into this part of the vertical, this very high-end touring and concert sound, and that's where we put all of our attention. We have a product roadmap that will have the smaller products, but this is a very much B2B industry, right? Even in the point boxes we have targeted to go in, they, they range around 136 dB. Mm-hmm. Now, jumbo jets at 130 dB. So if you were to put one of these point boxes in your living room, it wouldn't be a, it's really more a professional loudspeaker that's designed to have high SPL and really clear, clear no matter how hard we push the volume. Okay. And the price point is very reflective of that, right? Mm-hmm. You're using it in environments where your design requires really high SPL levels. Right, right. Mass jet. Large venues, so large numbers of people. Even that Marshall stack beside you would uh, would fall apart somewhere around maybe 110 dB. We're talking about 130 dB for a small eight inch point box. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So when you're talking about your customers and who you're selling to, that's you're not uh, you're not going to bands and saying you know the big bands that show up in the huge rigs with all of their gear. That's not who you're selling to. Are you selling to the venues, to the promoters? To the, how, how does it work? Give us a sense of, of how this all goes down. Yeah, sure. So everyone's important in the sale in this world. Like if, you know, Axel rolls on the stage and he absolutely requires a Fender guitar tomorrow, he's naturally going to drive the sales of the product, right? Because he's going to look cool ripping a solo. Everybody's like, I want a Fender now. Mm. Cool. In our world, it's the guy mixing the band, Right. So the guy mixing the band is going to go, I got to have PK sound. Now that's naturally going to spur the sale. He's not the one buying it, but he or, she, he or she might be the one specifying, right? Right, okay. So there are version of rock stars, okay, in the roadie world. Oh, my God. Yeah, roadies are going sound men and women out there are just like, woo, flipping their hair now hearing that. Yeah, <laughs> they are the rock stars for sure. Now, in between them, they have artist on one side and they have a vendor on the other. The vendor probably owns microphones, um, mixing consoles, loudspeakers, some cases lighting, video screens, so they can put on these full-scale productions, right? And they'll do, so the artist will have a production manager that will go and put the tour to bid, and a bunch of different uh, full-service vendors will bid on the project. One of them will win. Now, the manufacturer of loudspeakers is going to sell to a vendor, Vendor is going to make that decision based on where the product's available and who wants to use it, right? Do I care? Just no different than a music store would be like, we only support Fender guitars mm-hmm. if we have a dealership and lots of people buy them, right? So it's the same concept as the MI world or the music store world, okay. just on a business-to-business scale where the customer base is a little bit more, uh, you know, you know, in the dark. 
you like to work behind the curtain. Right, so yes. Speak. Yeah. Right. I get what yeah. you're saying. So where, um, well, here, hold on. Let me, let me go back. I was talking to a colleague of mine who was telling me a story about his son who had gone to Coachella in uh, hmm. British Columbia. I think it was, was it Coachella or Shambhala? Maybe Shambhala, Shambhala yes. not yeah, Coachella, yeah. Shambhala in BC. And he took a bunch of photos and my colleague was like, Hey, that's all PK sound stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So that was pretty cool. But where else? Like I hear you guys have been making quite a splash in Europe and you said yeah. EDM is kind of that where you've cut your teeth, but where are mm. people going to see PK sound speakers in action? I mean, all over the world. Last year, we did the uh, Wu-Tang Nas Busta Rhymes tour in North America. We did the Dirks Bentley tour. There's three or four major national touring acts taking the PA out this summer. Uh, we have a very close relationship uh, with Insomniac groups who our members execute. There'll be on at least 34 to 50 stages this year, which does Electric Daisy Carnival in Orlando and Los, An uh, Las Vegas uh, amongst pretty much all of the major EDM festivals. But like you suggested already, we've also started to make significant inroads in the European market. Um, and last week, uh, we I went to Belgium and Ghent, and I got to see Charlotte DeWitt, who's one of the leading techno artists in, in uh, the um, well, in the world now, and uh, deployed with 25,000. Um, we were in Spain last week for a classical uh, concert uh, that was deployed in an old theater beautiful um so as pk grows i think you'll see a broadening of the offering because it is really truly just one of the best loudspeakers in the world it's you know i actually liken this like the loudspeaker manufacturers in the generation that's currently here mm -hmm. cut their teeth and rock and roll and that's not where they stand today right they that's they just need loud loudspeakers right. at that point but as they've matured they've gone into corporate av theatrical high high performance installations from you know, the small town theater to the Sydney Opera House, right? That's where they are now. We're the next generation mm -hmm. of loudspeaker manufacturers. We came out of EDM, but this is a really good loudspeaker, regardless of what where we cut our teeth. And while our current presence is bigger in EDM, it's already making massive inroads into multiple genres. And where you'll see this be the most successful is when our next generation smaller products get launched into the corporate AV market. It is so much more flexible. It is so much more practical for that market. Mm -hmm. And the performance arts, you know, you don't go into a theater anymore without it being multi-purpose. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to make that change with the existing technology, you take down the PA, reset the angles, back up it goes. Right. right. With our product, you get out your iPad and you're like, make a few calculations, readjust the system and away you go. Yeah. Well, you know what? So, I, I can... I, I somewhat relate from the road crew perspective. Um, mm. And the reason I say that is I, I had some experience working on a tragically hip show one time there, another roadside attraction. And yeah. we took, as we were building the stage and putting the, the array together and hanging it, that's a ton of work. But like mm -hmm. we were talking about earlier, and as you just mentioned, you hang that, you get it going. It's, as good as you think, you're taking an educated guess about how it's going to hit the crowd. But at the end of the day, once everything's hung, if it's, if the sound is not optimal, you either have to pull it down and rehang it or just live with it. Whereas what you're offering, yeah, I, not ideal. 
not ideal. 90% of the shows you go to, they just live with it. Right. 10% of them will take down and make adjustments. Oh, God. The reality is, is we develop simulations of this environment. Now, when you deploy something, you're working with a simulated world, not a real one. Mm -hmm. And it's never the same. It may be only 10 feet different, but 10 feet is a massive adjustment in the direction of a loudspeaker in the far field. Our system goes up straight, which is the only PA that goes up straight in the world where you can still move it after. And then because it has robotic actuation system rather than mechanical links, you just change the angle in the direction of the loudspeaker. And if you don't like it, you can walk the coverage area and keep making adjustments while you're out of the way. I mean, this is the thing people don't actually recognize. It's not just putting up loudspeakers, right? You, you already identified this. You're putting up loudspeakers. The stage needs to go in. The lighting needs to go mm -hmm. in. The video wall needs to go in. They're running cables. There's four different crews on the stage and union people. And, you know, none of them are really working together. And then you have a production manager who's yelling at everybody. <laughs> get it here in order. Mm -hmm. With this product, you get it up, get out of the way, and you go back to front of house where the mixing console is, and then you keep making adjustments. You can work in the chaos. That is, you know, I want. Have you guys ever taken the opportunity to somehow uh, try to quantify the time saved to be able to hang something like that and then step back and work in the chaos, as you've just said, to then use that as a uh, selling factor to say, hey, you know, here's the hour saved and dollars, dollars saved. We have done those calculations, of course, um, particularly when we introduced the technology. It was a big part of the selling. Oh, wow. the bid. You know, it's like a faster. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can put one of these PAs up in probably a quarter of the amount of time and still have the flexibility to do it. So the production savings are so obvious when you deploy it, particularly in a festival site, but you can cut full days out. And when you're deploying a major production like that in a festival site, every day could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars. Wow. Yeah. When you put it that way, James, it's uh, that's, that's pretty powerful. Now you, all the work you're doing here with PK, uh, you're not, this isn't new to you. You spent a number of years with Adamson, correct? Yeah, that's right. So there's one other loudspeaker manufacturer in this uh, in this arena in Canada, and that's where I got my start. That's where you cut your teeth, so to speak. So what 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 drew you from Adamson Adamson to PK Sound? Well, PK was the first loudspeaker. I remember pulling up. We were at Infocom, which was one of the major industry trade shows. They either in Vegas or Orlando every year, and. PK and Adamson always had this fairly good camaraderie, right? Because we're both the Canadian companies. We were typically very close to each other on the trade show floor. 2015 hits and I see Trinity on their stand. And it's the world's first robotic line array. It's the first thing I've seen that scared me. Oh, is that right? In our industry. Oh, for sure. No question. Like our industry has been pretty stale for the last 30 years like the invention of the line array, and then one or two DDB refinements since then, right? Like, oh, we got a little bit louder, a little bit lighter. Yeah. Cool. Nice advancement. But really, at the end of the day, if you look at everything else, it's just a rectangle with transducers with some fancy rigging, right? right. But what they put together was something where you could change the directivity in the vertical. But that's not why I'm here. Why I'm here is because what you can do in the horizontal. You know, most loudspeakers have fixed waveguides. So you put it up and that's it. Mm -hmm. We talk about making do in the vertical. Mm -hmm. Hey, it worked. We're not talking about the vertical. I'm sorry, but loudspeakers 
are both in those both axes. You have to deal with both axes. Yeah. And arguably, there's more variance in the horizontal than the vertical plane. You have a hot dog vendor, you've got a shed one night, a theater the next night, and then you've got a stadium. How do you deal with that in the horizontal? And what they'd actually put together, the patents that Jeremy has put together, means that we can change the directivity in that plane, which give basically, in my mind, it's at least 30 to 40% ahead of anyone else. No, for me, it was just something that, that was the first real advancement in line array technology since its onset. Mm-hmm. It was the first thing where I was like, that's creative, that's intelligent, that's going to work if they can get the marketing right. Right. Now, do you see other companies looking at this and going, oh, how do we how do we catch up? How do we introduce our own version of this? So one other manufacturer since the onset of Trinity has tried to do something with the horizontal mm-hmm. uh, movement. Now they control only the high frequency, so typically 700 hertz and up. Um, and they have a paddle system where you, you just pull a lever and it can do three positions. Uh, Ours does 40 positions oh, wow. using robotics. We can do uh, asymmetric, symmetric, or tapered, which is where it gets really interesting. So the top of the array is narrow and a gradient broadens to the end. And that's important because in the far field, we're throwing further. So we have to harness that energy. And at the bottom, we want a nice more even dispersion for the front of the crowd because we're throwing a little bit less far, but need more energy over a wider coverage area. I get you. Okay. And yeah. so there, the, the tech, the other technology you're talking about is almost like a mechanical hand, uh, hand screwed adjustment of their, uh, their blind in three, posi- three positions. Yeah. Unreal. And that's since, since the introduction of Trinity. And I mean, it's almost like the current generation of loudspeakers seems archaic to me. Oh, sure. Even though it's standard. So Trinity, that's that's kind of the uh, that's the crown jewel of the PK uh, sound system. But now I, I had read recently that you guys, I think it was late last year in November, you were launching a new division. So PK Alliance is a commercial model on how you access the flagship brand. So traditionally the vendors we were talking about a minute ago just go out and they make a two million dollar investment in a large format line array and now you're in the ballpark i can do foo fighters let's say Mm -hmm. okay once you do foo fighters it drives the rest of your business because of course when gillette does their corporate event they're like these are the guys that do foo fighters they can do this job no problem it's a christmas party (laughs) (laughs) so people will make that exorbitant investment get the big artist or drives 90% of the business downstream. Now, the problem with this is you spend $2 million on a large format line array and all it does is Foo Fighters. Let's say Foo Fighters go out 20 times a year. Well, just to break even, I need to get 120 uses of that PA and over its lifespan just to break even. Mm -hmm. So we looked at the business model of our current system. It was broken before the pandemic, okay? And if you want to introduce a new product, a new technology, you have to not just think anymore, what's the greatest technology? You have to think about how do our consumer base access that product in a healthy way so that they can continue to grow their business. Because if they're having success, we're going to have success. We analyzed 250 loudspeaker vendors in the market during the pandemic. We had several conversations in the European market where dry hiring large format PA is more commonplace. 
And we looked at that and said, what if we took our flagship offering and bought it all back? And then we made it only exclusively available to dry hire to members that have purchased our smaller systems. And we started to develop this model out conceptually. And when you do the math on this thing, everybody wins because you remove the worst investment from the balance sheet from all of the mid-sized companies access to large format linery, but you give them access to going after Foo Fighters. And from a manufacturer's perspective, we don't have to go out and do the arduous task of trying to sell a $2 million line source system, which I can assure you is one of the most challenging things you can ever try to sell. Um, but we still have access to those products in multiple markets that we own and we generate income on them by reoccurring revenue. And that allows us to rent them to our member base, generate rental revenue, and truly unite us in an alliance, which is why we called it the alliance. I get you. So we're dependent on each other in a different way. We drive the brand demand. We make sure that Axl Rose or whoever is demanding the Fender guitar mm-hmm. or in our in our world, the front of house mixers demanding the PA. That gives them work. And when there's demand for that PA, they buy smaller systems and they rent our bigger systems. We've already managed to scale this up massively in its first year. Oh, wonderful. So what happens to these line arrays when they're not being used? Where do they get stored? Well, it's all a utilization game. Just like if I'm renting cars, the goal is to use it as much as possible. Okay. So keep them moving, keep them keep them flying. Absolutely. So first and foremost, in everyone's um, production warehouse, the goal is to have it empty. Okay. Now that's the goal of everybody. Now what we've done is we've partnered with rental companies all over the world and placed our systems in them. So there's very little overhead for us in warehouses where they're already going to be housing loudspeakers. And they already have technicians that can repair them to package them and service them and put them out into the market for us. So we've partnered all over the world. We have partners in Belgium, Spain, St. Louis, Netherlands, and Las Vegas already. And we're warehousing more than 10 arena systems in North America alone. Wow. That's that's really cool. So now, now you mentioned something interesting there. Well, many things very interesting, but you have techs that can service this stuff. So aside from the actuators and, and you know, the, the, the robotics that are going to make the systems work, that's different. But what about like the actual speakers? Now, you know, we've, we've all lifted uh, a monitor or a speaker and with those aluminum nickel uh, or alnico magnets they weigh a ton you know and then they moved over some companies moved over to things like neodymium speakers magnets where they were much lighter so what are yours like what uh, is there any special thing that a technician needs to be trained for to replace a speaker or to uh, we've simplified the repair and service process so that the entire system is built modularly. So the rigging systems pop off with eight screws and then you replace entire rigging systems. So if there was an issue with an actuator mm-hmm. uh, in the robotics at some point, you could just pop it off, put a new one on and send it back to the manufacturer under warranty. Transducers, of course, are built with in our world with neodymium. Ah, okay. And neodymium magnets, yeah, absolutely. They're the highest powered, lightest weight uh, you can find in the market today. Um, so it's very common, but what, again, similarly, it's, you take the screen off eight screws and a transducer comes out, obviously disconnect, and then you can replace them. The quality of components we use though, is like next level, right? I mean, the actuation systems are duty cycle is 109 years. They use oh, them wow. in D9 catalog. 
like dump trucks, right? So it's not like we've done a, they're expensive products, but we've, we've over-engineered sections to ensure durability because they have to continuously work. Sure. Yeah. We transducers manufactured in Italy by a company called BNC, mm-hmm. um, who does the majority of the manufacturing for transducers in our industry, incredibly durable, uh, you know, very rarely do we have a situation where we're blowing out loudspeakers. Yeah. So now when you say transducers, am I, that, that, is that a speaker? Yeah. So that's what we call a driver component, transducer or speaker. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I remember in high school, people always talking Woof. tweeters and woofers and subwoofers. and. Yeah, exactly. So you'd call a transducer would be any one of those things. But yeah, woofer would be the cone, the sort of 12-inch cone you'd find in it. And then we have high-frequency compression drivers that look more like, I don't know, metals than loudspeakers. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let, yeah. me, uh, let me throw something here at you. This is my weird question of the day. And mm. we, I've, I've never actually been to one of these, but I've heard these silent dance parties, you know, where people mm. pop on headphones and you can walk into a room Absolutely. without a headphone and people are just dancing and moving around. You can't hear anything. So now here's my weird question. When you guys look at the future of sound reinforcement, we've already seen bands, uh, most musicians play with in-ears, in-ear mm-hmm. monitoring systems. So technically they're not hearing anything on stage. Like you could stand up there and you just hear this, you know, the snare and the drums and an, acu- yeah. an electric guitar being played acoustically, but to the guitar player and the rest of the band, it sounds like a Marshall stack and a, you know, a full mixed drum kit and all that. Yep. So there's a really long winded question. Do you guys no, it's a good ever one. see the possibility five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road where concert goers are going to be wearing headsets rather than having that sound reinforcement system. Yeah, of course it's happening already, right? It's very much um, an experimental concept. Can we go into a club where we just have loudspeakers on? Absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be a part of the mix. You know, it's the, the easiest way to look at this in my view is like, if you go to a movie theater, right, there's an IMAX offering. They do 3D offering where you can put on the headset. You can have a bed that lies down. Um, and there's one really common thread in all of those things in different ways to experience that moment. But the common thread is always content. And content is the driver of entertainment. I can tell you a good story around a campfire and I can get you can listen to it on a podcast or you can watch it in a movie. And each one of those experiences is going to give you a different feeling about that story. But ultimately, it's still the same story. Mm -hmm. Now, the most practical way to consume music in the large format live events market is through a left-right hang in an installed setting or a mobile environment. Our industry has moved into this immersive content development world. Okay, It's a valid process. Video games, VR headsets, immersive experience. If you saw what's happening at the Sphere in Las Vegas, there are 1,900 loudspeakers installed in Sphere. Holy. And there's more LEDs than ever been installed in any one location in the world. Now, this is a great thing. It's a great experience. When I go to Vegas, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. When I go to Vegas and watch Celine Dion now, they've got twice as many loudspeakers and an immersive engine so they can move the direction of the sound using the loudspeakers. Those are all cool things. 
Nonetheless, at the base of it is content and content needs to be delivered to the largest group or audience possible. So yes, there will be more and more experience-based um, entertainment events, but there will never be the end of the typical delivery, the movie theater delivery of content. Like you look at the numbers coming out now, again, for movie theaters, people want to go to a movie and watch content on the flat screen. Mm -hmm. It's the best way to consume that en masse, right. period. Mm -hmm. Now, still, you're going to get 5% of the major hits going to IMAX. 5% will go there. And there'll be a unique business model that supports that. And another 10% might go into 3D. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And people, there'll be an experience to support that. But the uh, the rest of that, the 85% of events will remain on left, right for the foreseeable future until somebody invents an antenna that gives you the same impact as 48 subwoofers. <laughs> that makes it feel like your breath's being sucked out yep. when your lead singer hits the high note. There will never be an experience that you can replicate that in the live concert events. Right. Uh, no, that's that's really well put because you know we uh, I've talked with friends who are are playing shows with in ears and they're like we miss that feeling when you stand in front of an amplifier and you're playing and you can not only hear it you feel it the hairs in your mm -hmm. arms move you know it's push the speakers are pushing air and yeah, yeah and you're uh, you're you're it's a visceral response. It is. It's why we go to live events. It's why, how we want to see our favorite artists. And that's changed dramatically over the years, but still that thread of content and the way we access content remains the same. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's really well put. Um, what's coming down the pike for PK Sound? What are you, what, where are you guys going to be in five years? In five years, we're going to be a monster company. There's no question in my, in my mind. Um, I did the same thing with Adamson. It was the same size as we are today when I started. And we did 400% uh, growth over my seven-year tenure. The, yeah, it was a beast. And um, now I'm part of the ownership of PK Sound. I've got a chance to carve out my own future. And I know the industry as well as I think you can know the industry at this stage in my career. Um, we have a unique product, a unique business model. But it's all the big stuff. Mm -hmm. We have to build out the global distribution network, and it's very simple to see where we're going. Our products will get smaller, and they'll be more suited to um, high-performance installation, corporate AV, and beyond that into DJs, weddings where they need high-performance systems. To build a network like that, you simply have to find the best distributors that you can find in the world, find a funding program to help facilitate the growth of their inventory and market, roll out a marketing program to support them on site with demonstrations and education, mm -hmm. and then introduce smaller products as you go. It's a very simple, simple formula. The hardest part is what we're doing right now, which is getting the writer acceptance, the front of house engineer specifying the project, which is why we've gone so far out to build a new business model that says, forget selling, we're going to rent only we have a way to market to make sure people can access it wherever you go in the world. Once that's achieved, building this thing out, that's just my bread and butter. I'm, I can assure you, you'll see this thing dramatically change. Jeremy Bridge, Arlen Cormack at HQ, mm -hmm. those guys. Ari is the COO. Jeremy's the CEO, but he's very much inventor mentality. He produced some of the best loudspeakers on the planet, bar none. 
He uses the best components available and our market analysis and our understanding for price points in the global market is dialed in. Right on. We've added people to this team that are so significantly beyond our weight class because they see the potential of both the technology, but also the market space. Mm -hmm. And it's dying for something new like this. Line array technology is not changing. Content's not changing. Access to those things has to change. We've changed that now. Mm -hmm. And you you can see it. We grew 40% year over year in the live events industry in a pandemic, okay, based on this business model. I don't think many other people can say that right now. Right. And our board of directors, yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, what come next for us will be very exciting because we were doing the hardest part and we've almost got to the top of the mountain. Right. And once we're there, it's just adding the other pieces to the toolkit. Mm-hmm. And naturally that starts to expand the size of the company dramatically. I see bright things for PK and I see bright things for the people in Calgary that are supporting the business, such as ATIF. It's been an uh, incredible partnership up until this point. And it's really allowed us to position ourselves in the global market in a way that is so unique and access employees and demonstration equipment in a way that you don't normally see in other countries. Oh, okay. You mentioned ATIF. What, what is that acronym? Uh, sorry, maybe I'm saying it wrong, but Alberta Innovates. Oh yeah. Yeah. Alberta Innovates. Right. And the support that, uh, that we've, yeah. uh, we've provided. No, I'm, I'm. What's the acronym? Is it, have I got the wrong acronym? <laughs> Why well, you said ATIF. And uh, that you you may be blending the acronym in the grant. I'm I'm not sure, <laughs> and that's okay. Coined <laughs> it right here. There you go. Um, so what? How many employees are you guys at now? Uh, we're some. That's a good question. I don't know offhand. Okay. Somewhere around fifty to sixty. Okay, fifty to sixty. So when you look at uh, that, when you first started or when you first discovered Trinity, what's the growth of the yeah. big, the company been? Just. I mean, we've, we've quadrupled loudspeaker manufacturing in a pandemic. Right. Wow. Okay. And you've got, there's a plant. You've got a plant building this in, in Rocky View, is it? That's right. Yeah. We just, we just bought our own facility. So we're leasing before this or a rental. Uh, it was oh, really quite, quite small. Uh, Jeremy and Ari and then the team at PK sort of like went on an absolute house hunting mission. And we found a 50,000 square foot manufacturing facility. It was actually divine flooring before. And um, they had air makeup unit, dust collection, paint booth. It's like literally they were doing hardwood floors. You could literally, all you're doing is loudspeaker cabinets. You could just copy and paste our our floors together and you can do the exact same thing over there. So it's all set up for us. Uh, Really a beautiful environment. Oh, that's great. So it's almost just turnkey, walk in and start building. Anyways, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you very much for your time. (laughs) We'll talk soon. Shift can be found online at shift.albertainnovates.ca or you can reach us via email at shift at albertainnovates.ca. We can also be found on your favorite streaming service. So dive in and enjoy. Until next time, I'm John.